This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Coming up. Today on Watching Your Wealth, retirement planning tips for singles, plus how to protect yourself from financial abuse. Take us with you. On the train, in the car, on your walk, at the gym. WSJ Podcasts, sound ideas for the digital age. Coming up, how to protect yourself from financial abuse. But first, retirement planning tips for singles. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. John Voltaggio is Managing Director at Northern Trust, and he's here to give singles some retirement planning tips. Welcome, John. Uh, Thank you, Veronica. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure. Well, it's great to see you. So there's a lot of folks out there that are single. They're thinking about their money, especially as they, they get older. One of the first things I think about is if you're single, you have to rely on yourself entirely. So saving becomes all the more important. Absolutely, Veronica. It's important for all of us to save. For individuals, that much more so. We need to be laser focused when it comes to saving. And and of course, you want to do smart saving. And that means taking advantage, for example, of all of the tax qualified opportunities like 401ks, IRAs, healthcare savings accounts, any opportunities that we have like that to save in a smart, tax-efficient manner. And then above and beyond that, we need to be aggressive to build our nest egg for retirement because, as you said, a single individual has only themselves to rely on to meet their living needs. Absolutely. Those are good tips. In terms of how much you can save, I mean, I guess that varies by person, by lifestyle, but is there sort of a guideline? It always helps, Veronica, to, to set a budget and to track the numbers and actually pay attention to what am I actually spending, what are my fixed costs, what are my variable costs. And, and you know, typically it's a good idea from a, on, from a, to, uh, on a disciplined basis if I could say, look, I'm going to take my 401k savings from my paycheck immediately. I'm going to take my health care savings accounts from contributions from my paycheck immediately. So it's kind of like a form of forced savings. So in terms of taking, meaning automatically Automatic deposit withdrawals. that That's from exactly your, right. That's got, exactly yeah. right. Try to do that as much from as I can. From your paycheck. Put that's, it right into that 401k so exactly you don't even right. feel it. You get used to living on that net after-tax dollars, and you know you, you build your budget from that as a starting point. Right. That, that's a good tip for not just singles, but for everyone. I really like that tip. Savings, expense tracking are, are all very important because it is just you. You know, you're having to rely on yourself. And one of the points you had made to me earlier was the whole idea of having a network. It's important to have a network of people who you can rely on for help, for advice. Who should be in that network? Well, you know, Veronica, a lot of uh, married couples are obviously going to rely on their spouse. Have each other, yeah. And we need need to, and single individuals are going to need to have someone that they can turn to. uh, Various roles that need to be considered is, you know, first and foremost, a, a medical power of attorney. Who's going to make the decisions if the single individual becomes incapacitated, becomes sick? Who has the power Mm. to make medical decisions on their behalf? Do people usually have their family or like an uncle or cousin or It could be family. It could be parents, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the age, siblings, close friends. But it's important that the single individual lets that third party know or be aware that, hey, look, I'm, I'm counting on you for this role. I need your help. And that's on the medical side of things. Because you want to make sure they know your wishes and aren't just operating in a vacuum. That's exactly right. They know where to access that form, giving them that power. 
Right. And and on the flip side, there's the the the, the durable power of attorney uh-huh. or a springing power of attorney. Uh, to give someone authority all over your finances. I see. Because, again, whereas a lot of folks will look to their spouse to play that role, a single individual needs to access uh, someone else to make financial decisions on their behalf, again, if they're incapacitated or unable to do so. You really need someone you trust to do that. Exactly. Do people usually pick their, you know, their, their bank officer, their financial advisor you know, for that? Or, you know, it depends well, often on the It really depends on the situation. Uh-huh. Oftentimes, they, you know, you want someone that you trust uh, their financial judgment. So oftentimes you'll, you'll uh, ask maybe a colleague or a close friend that you feel has the financial expertise to make those kind of decisions on your behalf or at least someone that you can trust to say they know who to contact. I trust their judgment, their common sense. They know who to contact on my behalf, that they know to turn to mm-hmm. professionals to get advice if and when they're called upon to act. That makes sense. You bring up the, the point of contact. And you said that you know, you should have some sort of contact sheet of, of all your information, right? Absolutely. The, 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 the emergency contact list, here's my doctor, here's my medical power mm-hmm. of attorney, here's my uh, f- general power of attorney, here's my human resource person at the office, here's my Just attorney, here's my accountant. Again, it's, it's spouses might know all of that information, and, and single individuals, you may not have someone that knows all of that information, so you should have it all at a readily accessible place. On on hand, that's really important. One of the things I, I want to talk about, especially I think it's a big concern for single people, especially as they get older, is who's going to take care of them when they're mm-hmm. sick and they're older and they might be dying, you know, as that's we all do eventually. What do you say to people who are so worried about that? What are some things they can do and plan for now? No, absolutely. Running. Well, again, the, the medical power of attorney is a critical step in that process because who's going to make the decisions as to what care I should receive right. and, and where I should receive it. You know, long-term care insurance is a, is a big topic mm-hmm. that, that, that we talk about to say if it's right for me, if it's something I should uh, look into purchasing during my lifetime to take care of me if I become, if I need that in, in my later years. It also leads us to the conversation about my will, my revocable trust, um, how I want my estate to pass at my death, which beneficiaries, family members, charities should receive my estate. So these decisions, as you know, Veronica, are always integrated. Mm -hmm. It's part of a comprehensive process to address all of the different considerations. I would think it's really difficult to figure out who to leave your estate to if you're a single person and you don't have any children. Yeah, it might be. It might be. It might, it might be easy. It might be my nieces, my nephews, maybe my parents count on me for support. You know, I mean, it, it depends on the facts and circumstances. But to the extent you don't want the state to dictate where the assets That's go, right. then it's important that you name the beneficiaries that you would like to see benefit from it. Go to the people you want the money to exactly. go to or the charities you That's want exactly to right. benefit from your estate. That's Absolutely. Exactly right. Great point. What if you're divorced? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that because you may have been divorced sure. for many years, but you still might want to think about your, your ex in a certain way. Tell Absolutely. us about well, that. Well, divorced people, widowed people, they're single now. And, you know, one thing you should keep in mind is that you could you very uh, it's very likely that you could have some kind of benefit associated with the time you were together. For example, maybe a Social Security benefit. Your benefit might uh, the, the, what, what, you, what was earned while you were together might mm-hmm. impact your Social Security. It might be a, a, a pension benefit that you receive from that your ex-spouse. Exactly to. right. That you're entitled to. Obviously, if there is any divorce arrangement, how 
how the not just alimony payments or child support, but also there could have been provisions in the divorce agreement that impact how on an estate basis some assets might come your way. You might be named as the beneficiary of a life insurance policy. Oh, so you want to so find all this? Out. How do you exactly find right. all that out? Yeah, well, though? That it's seems almost it's tricky. almost reviewing. Veronica, what the divorce agreement was. That's exactly because a lot of people don't look at it for many years. It was so long ago. Let me review it and check and see what the provisions are. This is all good stuff. Any last tips for single people? If you could give them one quick nugget of a takeaway, what would that be? It's it's really being proactive to address all these issues. You know, again, we're all we all want to save. Take the bull by the horns and 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 put together a, a plan quantify the various inflows, expenses, sources of wealth, a checklist to make sure everything's been addressed, who are the people that I want to name in these various roles, who are successor people I could name, and, and you know, put it down on paper, put it all in one place, accessible, so it's something that we can work off of together. Be proactive and be organized. Organized, that's right. Thanks so much for joining us, John. Thank you, Veronica. Thanks again to John Voltaggio for joining us. Stay tuned for how to protect yourself from financial abuse. But first, a quick word. Traveling on business? Then take us along and stay on track. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. As we age, we're more likely to become a victim of financial abuse. Shady advisors or even family members may try to take advantage of you financially. There are steps now you can take to prevent that from happening. Namely, make a list of all of your assets so you know exactly what you own. Work to simplify your accounts so you're not receiving paperwork from multiple sources. And identify a trusted person who would be able to help you if you became incapable of handling your own affairs. Make sure that person is willing and able to take on that role eventually. Prepare important documents such as power of attorney and health care proxies now while you're well. Taking these steps now will help you stay safe later on. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.